0: I'm feeling a lack of disrespect that neither one of you guys agree with Die Hard.
1: No, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Die Hard is an action movie that takes place during Christmas. Move Don't on. get me started I, on that. It is Christmas week. Move I am on.
2: Editing a 20 minute discussion of whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not.
1: You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex. I yield to no one. Steve. I'm Sid.
0: Everybody and welcome to Trophy Wars, This episode 459. I'm your host, Chicky Mick, alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. Maybe it's not Alex. Maybe he muted himself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While well, waiting for Alex, he brings the awesome, it's I yield to no one. So, fingers
1: crossed. Live update, I am within striking distance to making it to my second-in-a-row Fantasy Football League Championship game.
0: All right, hold on, cancel this. Alice's computer froze. I, I see that. We can just keep rolling. You want to just keep going with the show? We
1: can just keep rolling.
0: All right, uh, so you're in uh, striking distance of your
1: fantasy football, huh? Yeah, My what? right now... My opponent is on his last player, and I've got a tight end playing in the same game. We're just getting ready to go into the fourth quarter, and I am down just under nine points, and I have a defense playing Monday night. So as long as I can stay within that nine, ten-point window, I'm going to win. Unless like Cincinnati decides they're going to start playing football this year, which isn't going to happen. I've watched them all year.
0: All right. Alright, so uh I am recording from the field, uh AKA from work. Uh Yield, how have you been, sir?
1: Uh, not too bad. I am now done for the year.
0: So mean, that's uh, that's you're on, awesome. You're, you're on break. From, you mean you're break you're on break from work? Yep, I'm
1: on break from work. Took some PTO the first part of next week and we're shut down to the first of the year, so I said, Screw you guys. See you next year. I'm out.
0: Um, yeah, unfor- unfortunately, I'm stuck at work right now.
1: Okay, that's awesome. And um, I I recorded uh, the last episode of the year for Push to Plat,
0: so that was fun. And yeah, I, I guess CJ ahead. doesn't love me anymore.
1: Well, maybe maybe his listeners just like me better.
0: That that's very possible because I'm not very likable. So. Um, that's about it I,
1: I kind of chilled at the house today watched some football and wrapped some Christmas presents
0: yeah uh, the goddess and sweet mama D went over to my mom's house today because uh, we were originally planning to do Christmas today um, and unfortunately I got forced into work because uh, for anybody's from the, the northeast we had a little bit of snow up here and of course when it snows up here Everybody loses their, well, the city loses their goddamn minds about, you know, oh, we gotta get all, every inch of snow off the ground. You can't, there can't be a particle of a snowflake anywhere around, so I got forced into work today. How, how much snow did you end up getting? We
1: only ended up getting like an inch out of it. Did it pick up steam as it made its way east?
0: You know, honestly, I, and this is gonna sound, you know, like a first world problem. But I honestly don't know because – and this is also going to sound kind of like conceited or cocky. We, in my district, we do such a good job of getting rid of the snow that it never really accumulates on our end. And then what we do see, we can't really judge because as we plow the streets, we plow the the snow to the side of the street. So obviously any, any snow that was in the street is now upon that pile so I can't really guess. Uh, I know we were estimated to get between eight and sixteen inches. If I had to make an educated guess, I'd said we got somewhere close to three.
1: No, oh, that's not much at all, especially for you guys. No, no,
0: not not for us at all.
1: I mean, but, I, I mean, know, I mean, I mean for you guys, that's a dusting.
0: Yeah, uh, you know we, we you know there's people still out golfing. Like, hey, I can find my golf ball. Exactly. Um, yeah, but you know, like. The, also, the thing with my job, and I'm giving a little bit of uh, you know secrets out here. Uh, you know, obviously, I work for the city, so I get paid. You know, your, the city tax dollars pay our salary. But when it snows, it's actually a federal budget, so we get paid from the federal government when it snows. So sometimes, you know, they say, "Let's." I, I don't know real numbers, so nobody quote me on this, and nobody you know report me to you know give it out insider information or something. Let's just say the federal give us, uh, government gives us a hundred million in a snow budget for the year. If we don't use that 100 million, then because the federal the government light. the next year, well the federal government says, "Oh, well, you only used 80, so we're only going to send you 80 this year." So, it's my opinion that the city goes out of its way to make sure it uses all of the federal budget to make sure it has the money for the next year.
1: I got you. Which in which in a way it makes sense.
0: Because it makes ne- sense and- because,
1: because next year could be worse than this year and you need those man hours.
0: Right, because if if we don't get the money from the federal government, then it comes out of the city budget, and then you got our dickhead mayor, and you know he's a he's my technically my boss, but he's a dickhead mayor. Uh, turns around, and says, "Oh, well, we got to raise taxes, or we got to close this, or we got to do that," and you know, then all hell breaks loose. Yeah,
1: or you got it. Yeah, there he is. We hear you. Hear that? It's 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 Santa Saunders. <laughs> Alright, so Alex,
0: uh, welcome back, sir. How are you?
2: Oh, I'm doing fine. There's not much snow on the ground here, or any at all. Y'all in New York get way too much snow for my taste. I, I hear about Buffalo every year getting crushed by snow, and I'm like, no thank you. So, I'm doing pretty good. It's a very, we were out tonight doing some outside work on the house. So, I mean, not for a long time, but uh, it was, it was mild, you know, it was a pretty mild winter day. So, I, I appreciate those, because I'm not one for the cold.
0: Well, Buffalo may be getting crushed by the snow, but they definitely getting crushed in the NFL stands cuz they took the division for the first time in 11 years. Hey,
1: speaking of that, the Jets won their first game of the year. Are you kidding me? It just came across my phone. Jets beat Rams for first win. Jags in position for number 1 overall pick.
0: I I I swear to god, the, the Jets are freaking stupid. Why not just lose out? Suck for suck for Lawrence.
2: Unbelievable. Hey, those number one picks don't always turn out, so.
0: That is true, too. No, but if you've gone this far and you haven't won a game, just, you know, write it out.
1: Well, you're true. You're only what? Three, two, you know. Yeah, two weeks from the end of the year.
0: You might as well just say, fuck it. Give it up.
1: Mail it in. All right. You send me my
0: check. Alright, so let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 602, total trophies of 13,635 with 249 platinums. Alex?
2: Still stuck at level 438 with a total trophy count of 7,106 and a platinum count of 107 in 106 games.
1: My trophy count is a or trophy count, my sorry, my level is an astonishing 432 with a whopping trophy count of 6861 and an amazing plat count of 112.
0: And Sid is level 511 with total trophies of 10,050 and 173 platinums. Alright, so let's get into what we're playing. Mostly just Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time.
2: Uh, been on that grind for a while now, getting ever so close to the end of the game. I'm actually, I think, three levels away from the end of the game. Um, and just kind of periodically going back to try to... I'm trying to hit uh, as best completion as I can in my first run. So I'm not, you know, beating the game and then running back through the game again. I'm kind of just um, kind of metroidvania in it and going back and back to later levels. You know, if I get stuck in one level or, you know, one level pisses me off, I'll go back into a level I've already beaten and, and try to get some of the missing gems from that. And, you know, our Rocket League Thursdays. Rocket League's at 7pm on Thursdays. And, uh, the Frosty Fest is live right now, so I've, I've been playing a pretty decent amount to try to finish off those and get the, the items and rewards from the Frosty Fest. Yield, you've been playing much of the Frosty Fest?
1: I've only got one to go. I knocked most of it out Thursday night. So, and, and that's just assists. That's the only one that I need. Um... I, I, I keep Ooh, speaking of which I need to try to get on back on there and see if that if that SUV's still there. I might buy that. That that was one of the two cars I was wanting to get during the, the rocket pass the old rocket passes and I missed out on it and it was in there for like seven hundred credits and I've got nine. I actually got
2: a, a new car from from one of my, my drops. I got a uh I think it was an exotic drop, it was a car body, it was a samurai car.
1: Really? See, congratulations, because the two car bodies I've gotten, or the three car bodies I've gotten, have been cars I already own.
2: Well, I've been getting good stuff out of the, the Golden Gifts this year. You know, the, the uh, win 10 games, I think it is. No, 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 it's no. It's play 20 games, and you get one of the Golden Gifts, like the crates that you can open, and you win 10 games, and it's the 20k
1: reward uh, experience. Yes, I, I, I will definitely make sure I get all my Golden Gifts uh, before the... F- uh, what is it? The fourteenth.
2: I know it goes into January, but I don't know how deep into January it goes.
1: I, uh yeah. Anyway, whenever it expires, I'll make sure I get my twenty games, and I've already got my first golden gift, so I got four more to claim. Well,
2: aside from a touch of the Rocket League yield, what else have you been dabbling
1: in? Uh, World Warship Legends. Been working on their advent calendar. Uh, I don't know if I said much about it last week. They started out. On the 1st of December, all the way up to Christmas Eve. And they've got a stat for you every day. This is, you know, like, this is how many Krakens you've gotten this year. This is how many medals you've got. These are how many games you've played. And yada, yada, yada. So when you flip the card over, you now have seven days to do the second challenge on the bottom. And at the, the top of it, they give you a standard freebie gift. You know, like the first one was three large crates. And so on and so forth. And then on the bottom half of it is a challenge. Once you, once you open that card, you've got seven days to complete that challenge. Complete it, and they count it towards the bottom where they've got, uh, it was, what was it, six? I think it was six, twelve. Yeah, six, twelve, eighteen, and then twenty-four. And you get a prize at that. The twenty-fourth prize you get if you complete all the secondary challenges is you get a free Tier 4 Russian Destroyer. So I'm like, okay, cool. All I gotta do is just kind of play the game and, and you know, complete the challenges. So I've been doing that. And then I uh, fired up Just Cause 3 and have been kind of working my way through that. Is that a game you had previously played, but you're going back to maybe try to get the Platinum now? Well, I had played it at a buddy's house when we go over for kind of our, our get-togethers. And we just passed the controller around over there. And uh, the guys were over earlier this month. And I was looking for a co-op game to play, and I didn't have any couch co-op games. All my co-op, co-op, I'm using parentheses here, is online co-op. And I was like, well, screw it. Let's just play Just Cause. So I popped it in there, updated it, and started playing Just Cause 3. Because I'd been meaning to play it and hadn't gotten around to it, or I would just just finish another big open world game, and was just kind of like, man, I don't want to dive into that yet because it, it's another massive open world game so I just hadn't gotten into it yet so Tricky sir are you back
0: yeah can you guys see no me?
2: cause Yield was talking so I could just see Yield's icon
0: okay yeah I'm back okay, sir, um, what have you been playing a little bit of Division 2 I hope you're uh, hitting up that Yield tra- festival uh, in Valhalla no, actually, because you have to get to a certain part of the game, and I'm still in the early parts of the game, so I'm I'm not able to get it. But we'll get into that uh, topic later in the show. What else? Uh, and as I'm sitting at here work, I've been playing Valhalla. Uh, I'm working my way through. Unfortunately, I didn't upload my save to the cloud for my home PlayStation, so I had to backtrack a little bit on my work PlayStation. So I just got back to where I was, so now I'm doing that. Alright, so uh, I am going to need your help, gentlemen, because I printed out some topics, but it didn't print out all the topics, so I'm going to have to jump back between my papers that you guys can see on the camera and my phone, so I'll be in and, you know, a little delayed in uh, updating things. This portion of the show is
2: brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proving Gamer First and click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site. Tremendously.
0: All right. So, our first topic today EA is acquiring Codemasters for $1.2 billion. This article, this and all the articles in today's show is going to be coming from IGN. This article was written by Adam Bankhurst. The original story goes EA. Uh, is allegedly attempting to outbid Take-Two Interactive's nearly $1 billion offer to acquire Codemasters, the developers between, behind Dirt, F1, and Project Car fra- fra- racing franchise. You, know, you don't have to
2: read the original story if we have an updated story, right?
0: I'm getting to that, sir. Could you let me do my flow here? Uh An update to the story, as Alice has pointed out. An agreement has been struck that will see EA acquire Codemasters. Uh, the acquisition is expected to complete in the first quarter of 2021 at a price of $7.98 per share. EA outbid compared to Take-Two Interactive, which previously submitted a near-billion-dollar offer. Quote, we feel this union would provide an exciting and prosperous future for Codemasters, allowing our teams to create, launch, and service. Bigger and better games to an extremely passionate audience—that comes from the chairman of Codemasters in a statement. Gentlemen, what do you think about EA buying Codemasters?
1: Uh, I, I hope it works out for them. I think I, I think I would have rather seen them under Take Two, but that's just my humble opinion. I'm not a huge EA fan. They, they, they put out some gems occasionally, you know, Fallen Jedi being one of them. But I'm just not a fan of their business model. When things start going south, they start shuttering people, pulling them here, sending them there, and just dismantle a developer where I think they would have shined better under Take-Two, where Take-Two seems to, and I could totally be wrong, maybe it's just my opinion, they seem to let their developers do their thing, and we're more of the publisher. You know, you do your thing, we'll put it out there. We're EA- tends to be more, well, I don't like what you're doing. You need to do it this way, because we're EA. It's just my opinion. Alex?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's some kind of hesitation that always comes along with EA or Activision buying people, because as we've seen, they do not have issues closing down studios when, you know, something goes wrong, which, I mean, you know, somebody has to make those harsh financial decisions, but, you know, you also have, when you're making an acquisition for a studio, you've got to, you know, have some foresight in it, and you can't just say, well, if something goes wrong, we'll just close down the studio. Personally, I mean, I think this helps EA, but also for Codemasters, I don't know. I, I Maybe it gives them some, some security, but also since Codemasters has existed for such a long time, I don't really see why this was a necessary move. I mean I guess it's you know always like hey if we're bought by a bigger company that's got more financial backing we you know we're in a safer position as opposed to being an independent studio but you know it, like yield said with, with EA there's always some kind of concern and you know personally if it were me and my studio was getting bought I'd rather go with Take 2 but also we don't work you know maybe code masters would work with Take 2 or you know you know in the past and you know they they know they would obviously as a developer be more um up on, like, how it is to deal with all those companies. So maybe it's not just all about the money. I mean, maybe they've dealt with EA in the past, and they really like EA. I don't know. Who knows?
0: <laughs> all right. So our next story is coming, uh, again, from IGN, written by Jordan Oleman Gentlemen, this might excite you guys. Ghost of Tsushima Legends is adding unlockable God of War, Bloodborne, and other PlayStation costumes within the game. Sucker Punch Productions has updated Ghost of Tsushima Legends and a set of unlockable PlayStation costumes based on platform exclusives: God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Shadow of the Colossus, and Bloodborne. The news was revealed in a tweet from the official Ghost of Tsushima account, which noted that the special costumes can be unlocked by playing any story or survival mission with each class to unlock the corresponding outfit. The outfits will be available until January 15th, and if you go to IGN, you can look at the pictures. The Samurai skin is based on Kratos from God of War and is covered in evocative bloody swirls. The Hunter-class rifts offer Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn with custom headgear and embroidered dress. The Hunter skin takes cues from Shadow of the Colossus with a colossi mess and custom patterned garb. And finally, the Ronin Bloodborne skin is serving big Eileen the Crow vibes with its feathered pauldrons. It's a neat incentive to get players to check out Ghost of Tsushima's co-op mode.
2: The source of this information is the Ghost of Shishima Twitter. Why do we go through IGN? Like, why don't you just cite the Twitter? That, that's, like, that's like a story originated on the PlayStation blog and then you go to IGN and you read an IGN news story when you can just go to the PlayStation blog. Well,
0: because I go to IGN to get most of our articles and if it's there, then that's where I take the link from. But you're right, I should have I, I should just uh, once I read the article, I should have just took the news from the Twitter account. But you're right.
2: Like People can go to IG, and if they don't have a Twitter account, or they just want to completely avoid Twitter, but the pictures of the the models, the, the costumes, are on the Ghost of Tsushima Twitter. So, I just... I It's just an extra hoop to jump through, we should just go to the source, which is the, the Twitter account.
0: Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. But let's get back on topic. What do you think of the skins there, Alex? I, mean, I think
2: it's really cool that they're, you know, paying homage, like, to the franchises, because... You know, it's not like, you know, you just, you're out there playing as Kratos, all these different items are, um, they kind of look natural with the samurai armor that you see the, the Legends characters wearing, so it all feels very natural, you know, it, it looks like it makes sense, you know, like I said, it's not like you're just unlocking a Kratos or a Colossi to play within the multiplayer mode, so I mean, that's really cool, and I think they were really well implemented, and, you know, it's just a nice little touch, like, people really like Astro's Playroom and all the little touches, to the history of PlayStation, they had in there, and this paying homage to you know some famous like PlayStation exclusives, I think is a really good too good thing too. As far as like, I'm gonna be honest, I haven't jumped into back into Ghost of Tsushima to play Legends, and I don't know, maybe it's something once I get done with Crash, I do, but I, I'm just not really feeling the uh, the desire to do it. It's nice that they're supporting it with stuff like this, but for some reason, I just haven't been pulled back in to play it.
1: So, I was worried when you first were talking about this because you know skins, you just you don't know what they're talking about when they say that. I'm looking at the pictures. Shadow of the Colossus is pretty dope. The Horizon Zero Dawn one, eh, I'm not loving it as much as I love the game. The God of War one, not that I've ever played it and I've always given people, I I love being the the guy poking the bear about God of War, just because I can. (laughs) But, the God of War skin, that's the best one. I, I ain't lying. The 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 blood swirl on the shoulder pads and the huge old devil horns. That's
0: sick. Okay, uh, you, you guys are gonna have to help me out here because on my I'm looking at my phone right now and I'm not seeing which one's a which. Which is the one that looks like the the, the rated mask with the feather sticking straight up? Which one is that?
2: That would have to be Bloodborne.
1: Yeah, that would have to be Bloodborne. I would agree because the second picture is
2: it like a mask from Quadratus, like the second Colossus Quadratus that looks like uh, a mask in in his image.
1: Yeah, the third one is Horizon.
2: Yeah, because it's it's got the the blue eye paint
0: for the archer. Yeah. Okay, and the last one—that's God of War. The the big ass horns is God of War.
1: Yeah, the one with the hu- the one with the huge devil okay. horns.
0: Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted you guys. Go ahead. No, 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 you're, you're fine. We're, we're, we're
1: just agreeing with you on the last one.
0: Alright, so, I mean, so you're not worried about this anymore, Yield?
1: Well, no, not, not that I've seen the pictures. When you first hear people are putting skins in, and they're basing them on PlayStation characters, you initially think of, oh, good, we shoehorned Kratos, and we shoehorned Aloy into a really good Japanese story. And then you look at the pictures, and you're like, no. We just took those concepts of those games and made them into Japanese armor. So it does, like I said, it looks really good. Like, I'm not thrilled with the Horizon one, but I don't really think there was much that you could have done with it. I just don't love it. But the God of War one is freaking dope. I mean, it it's, it's awesome. Like, I would rock that one.
0: Let's move on here to our next story that Alex alluded to earlier. Uh, this article is also coming from IGN and is written by Joseph Noop. I Hope I say his right name. Is his name right? I would say K. Silent. So Noop. All right. So Fortnite may have its Winter Fest, but otherwise might have its Winter Wonderland. But Vikings, Vikings practically invented Winter Solstice, and Ubisoft to show that off in Valhalla with its free holiday update dubbed the Yule Festival. The you? Valhalla's Yule Festival runs from December 17th to January 7th. Let players collect some free cosmetics and play around with some new activities. Note, you will need to compete one story arc, uh, either Grant Bridgeshire or Led... I, I can't pronounce these names. Led... Alex, help me out here. Or don't... Out,
1: you'll help me out. Oh, yeah, you're gonna ask me. I'm horrible at English. <laughs> uh, uh, the Dester, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, uh, something. I was gonna say German, but they're not German. They're, they're Vikings, so. It's
0: L, it's spelled L-E-E. The first thing players will notice is the expansion to Ravenstorp, the settlement that players establish as Ivor early on in the game. The area is much snowier as a result of the winter solstice, and the settlement has been decorated in preparation for the festivities. Side activities include drunk brawls, the best kind, archery challenges, and others. Players who play throughout those activities will receive Yule tokens to exchange for cosmetic rewards, like new outfits for Ivor. I'm not going to read all of the things. Uh, starting December 22nd, players can also purchase the Niffleham theme in the Ubisoft store, which includes a suddenly blue set of winter armor, a reindeer seed, and even turns your crow into a little ice dragon. Players who have an artistic side can try their hand at Valhalla's community contest. Players can submit a photo or video for a chance to win Valhalla's official artwork and 50 euros worth of in-game Helix credits. That runs from December 17th to January 1st. Details can be found on the Assassin's Creed Discord or Twitter. I'm not going to go read the rest of this, but at least Assassin's Creed is getting into the holiday spirit.
1: I think that's pretty cool. Unfortunately for people like me that will possibly pick this game up way late, um, I'm going to miss out on all of it, but I think it's still pretty cool. Are you buying Assassin's Creed?
0: I thought you didn't like Assassin's Creed.
1: Uh, I haven't played any of them, but I do now have... Well, see, I have. I picked up the Etio collection and I have Black Flag. And okay. And so, uh, a buddy of mine has, uh, one and two and he let me put his copy of, uh, what was it? Two or one of his copies came with the first game. So I put it on my system and I went to play it during quarantine and it was like, oh, you need the disc to verify this game. Uh... And I'm like, darn it. So I'm like, Hey dude. Let me borrow your Assassin's Creed again. I wanted, I needed to verify the game so I can play because I it downloaded it in my system. He couldn't find his copy, and I was, I was just going to buzz through one, even though there was, you know, there, I know there's no platinum. I was just going to buzz through it, so that way, as I played through two, and then the Ezio collection, and on the Black Flag, as I started playing the Assassin's Creed games, I would get all these references. I know I don't have to play one; I can start with two. But I just wanted to. That way, I knew the references because I know they make
0: nods back to the other games. So, and, and they make that they and they often make nods back to the first game as well. So that's why I just I wanted to play it. So that way, I was aware of what was going on. All right, Alex, your thoughts on the uh, the Yule Time Festival? I mean, it's clear that these kind of events, like seasonal events, are very
2: popular in games because uh, we're seeing more and more games do them. I mean, like right now, like Animal Crossing, Fortnite, Rocket League, there's so many different events going on. And I'm sure they help bring more and more people back to the games. Maybe they've stopped playing, or maybe, you know, it just brings a lot of excitement to the games. It's a little, potentially a little bit more jarring for people who are playing these games during the summer. It's like, oh, okay, there's a holiday event going on right now. Um, but for us, like here in the U.S., where it's actually winter and Christmas is this week, it's, it's a really cool thing to have the game... And see events going on in the game that kind of celebrate what you're going through in real life right now.
1: So I I like it. I mean, like Alex said, it can be kind of daunting. It, it, you know, like like I look forward to the Rocket League events. So you know, now we got the Frosty Fest going on. I've got one going on in World of Warship Legends. As Alex said, you know, Fortnite. We got Valhalla, uh, Overwatch, Division Two. Division two. Everybody's doing a kind of, kind of a, a thing to, hey, come back. And especially when they give you cool things or you can earn cool things for, you know, for playing the game, it, it makes it more, you know, it makes it more enticing to come back. The daunting thing could be if you play a lot of these games, trying to make sure to you give, all. you, you, well, you, or that, or you make sure you give equal time and decide, which, which are of the cool items I really want to go for? This is where I'm going to focus. So
2: And, well, I mean, the cool thing about this is that Ubisoft didn't necessarily need to do it to bring people, bring people back to Valhalla because people are already playing Valhalla. It's a newer game. And it's also, like, it's really cool to see, you know, how, I, I'm assuming that they're, like, they're it's like, it's not just the same Christmas celebration that we would have here in 2020. Like, you're going to see, hopefully, some authenticity to, you know... The celebration that the main character would kind of, you know, within that time period expect to have. So you may get, you know, like aside from new activities in the game, you may see some traditions that aren't necessarily,
1: um, ooh, some Viking traditions that would be like awesome traditions
2: that we aren't used to now.
0: All right, now it is time to move on, and I'm going to give our listeners the heads up. The rest of our topics, including our many topics of the weeks, which all fall into the same category, is all about CJ... Cyberpunk CJ... Cyberpunk 2077. Now, there's an update to our first story uh, saying that uh, the patch is also available for PC, so just bear in mind that as I read this. Cyberpunk 2077 has... uh, Hotfix 1.05 has been released. Uh they have released it for... It looks like it's going to address issues in quest visuals, stability, and much more. The update for PC as I just said is already out, but it will soon follow. As detailed on cyberpunk.net, many of the changes listed should help with the problems experienced in the quest and some of the fixes ensure, quote, Jackie will no longer disappear in the pickup or the heist and fix an issue prevent players from landing in the helicopter in Firewood love. That will hopefully most welcome especially... That will hopefully most welcome, especially to those playing on X, base Xbox One, and PS4 units, are the multiple stability improvements, including crash fixes. Visual improvements also have been added, and now the NPCs and suspended organized crime activity just say no, and gig hot merchandise should no longer T-pose, and V should appear more modest in the inventory preview after the half-year montage. So, if you are playing Cyberpunk 2077, 2077 uh, there is a hot fix out, and hopefully you guys know that already, and you haven't given up on the game. Yeah, uh, this
2: I don't know if you said this already, Tricky, but Jordan or um, Adam Bankhurst is the one who, who wrote this article we're reading from, and it, like this entire this hot fix includes uh, issues with quests, gameplay, visual issues, UI issues, performance and stability, miscellaneous issues like off screen explosions making noise now, uh, PC specific, console specific. So I mean, there's just a ton of fixes here in this. And we'll have to see if this actually makes the game, you know, more enjoyable now. But this fix, it, I mean, there's a lot to it, and they they seem to get it out rather quickly, at least for the number of fixes they have here.
0: All right, so uh, I have two more articles printed out, so I'm going to read from those articles. So I'm going to skip around the agenda just for you guys' notice. Uh, so the next uh, article we're going to read from is C C D. C- CD Projekt Red says it will refund customers if players can't get them from the stores. This is an article written by Jace, Jace, Joseph Joseph Noop. Uh, CG CD Projekt Red. I'm gonna have I'm gonna stumble with my words a lot with this. Uh, put out a tweet saying. We just started reaching out to the people who sent us a message with a confirmation of receipt. We send these emails out in waves, so don't worry if you don't receive an answer immediately. At the same time, we'd like you to know that our intention for every owner of a physical copy or digital copy bought at retail who has valid proof of purchase and sends us an email at help, help refund at cgProductred.com within the time window to receive a refund. We will do this out of our own pocket if necessary. If you are unable to obtain a refund for the game from the store where you bought it, please contact us us via email until December 21st, as this is a one-time initiative. We will provide everyone with the next steps only after the refund request submission window closes. For digital versions, please follow the, the refund process of each respective platform.
2: Uh, I know that uh, a YouTube video that I was watching this past week in RGT85 he had said that Best Buy was accepting or was was accepting returns of the game. So uh, hopefully more re- retailers are doing that as well. And so people
0: don't have to go through CD project grab. It seems to be running fine on the Xbox, uh, the Xbox X and the PlayStation 4 Pro. The biggest problems are on the base models of last gen. I just Wait, want to be clear about the that.
2: Thing is that these games were this game was originally going to be developed for those consoles. Yes, so these, correct. Those, the, the last gen consoles were the consoles they were supposed to be on in the first place.
0: Yes, right. I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to give them a pass. I'm just trying to be clear on the information. It's <laughs> it's it, the most problems are on the base of the last gen. So,
1: yeah, like I said, even though it's borked, I will give them credit. For the fact that, you know, they, as Tricky said, that the article says, you know, even if it's got to come out of their pocket, if you submit it in the time frame, they'll give you your money back. So, you know, th- th- that's you commendable. To
2: create an issue and then get credit for fixing the problem or like be treated as a hero for fixing the problem. You know, this like, let's be clear about this. They advertise this game, the PC footage of the game. So then everyone thought the game ran really well, and then they released buggy versions of the 4 and the uh, Xbox One that they knew should not have gone out. So they essentially lied to consumers by showing them footage that was not running on consoles that they were trying to sell them on. Yes, they're also trying to sell them on PC,
1: but... There should have been some kind of footnote saying that this or was don't, PC don't, yeah, video. exactly.
2: But they should not have, what is very clear is they should not have released the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions yet. And from what I do, I mean, what else could it be then? They, they got to a point, like leadership got to a point where they said, we can't delay this game any longer. Throw it out there and then we'll just fix it as we go.
1: On something like, C, C, you know, Cyberpunk 2077, you may not be using your own money. You might be using investor money. And there comes a point, even after the multiple delays, investors want their money. And there may have come a point to where it had to hit the shelves. There was no more. You know, we we need two more months. Yeah.
2: The problem with the problem with that is that their stock has dropped considerably. The value of their company has dropped considerably because of those
0: actions. Hold on one second, because actually what you're talking about leads us into our next article here. Oh, okay. uh, This article – this this is written by Joe Scribbles, which is a made-up name. Yes, don't give me crap for that. Saying that else. uh CG, CG, CD Project Red addresses why it didn't delay Cyberpunk 2077 again. I'm going to read this article in its fullness because there's a lot of information here. I'm going to go as quick as I possibly can. Uh, go give this article a click because uh, you're going to get all the information from me right now. CD Projekt Red said it didn't feel unusual, quote, external or internal pressure, end quote, to launch Cyberpunk on December 10th. It explained that the decision was not to delay the game was, at least in part, because it, quote, definitely did not spend enough time looking, end quote, at the compromised last-gen versions. The company explained that, in theory, it could have released the game on PC only. Which they should have done. In an unscheduled investor call, senior members of CG Project Red were asked whether the company felt they had to release the game before 2021. Senior Vice President of Business Development Michael Nowoski replied, quote, I wouldn't say that we felt any external or internal pressure to launch the game on that date other than the noble pressure, which is typical for any release, end quote. With major issues present in the base PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions of the game, not to, persi- not to mention persistent bugs in an upgraded last-gen, next-gen, and PC versions, many questioned why CD Projekt Red didn't delay the game further after three previous delays, the first or two which were particular, were celebrated by fans for showing a dedication to creating a polished product. In fact, Snowolski simply implied that the company simply did not realize how broken some versions of the game were. Quote, It is more th- about us looking as it was previously stated at the PC and next gen performance rather than current gen. We definitely did not spend enough time looking at that. So so hold on.
2: So you didn't so they were gonna release the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions before the official five and X and S versions, but yet they they were putting more effort into looking at those and issues and those and not the ones they were releasing first. So this is just gross negligence all around by them.
1: Well yeah that that that's just piss poor quality control. And excuse me for saying that. But, I mean, if if you're blatantly admitting that we didn't take the time to look at the older generations, which the game was originally designed for, yeah, Alex is right. That's just gross negligence.
0: Well, I didn't put the article in this agenda, but there was a previous uh, article in which they stated that, yes, as Alex pointed out, uh, Cyberpunk originally was made for the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox X. Or the Xbox Ones, I should say. Uh, and then halfway through, they shifted development onto the next gen versions. And there was, uh, uh, people were complaining that while they were focusing on the next gen, which is now our current gen versions, they completely neglected figuring that they could just go back. I, t- I talked about this last week where, uh, one of the problems that I'm hearing it, it, with Cyberpunk on the base old gen systems is that the fact that the game is looking constantly looking for mem- memory to render all the graphics the cities, the buildings, and all that stuff. And it ain't there. The, and the other systems just don't have that memory. So it's constantly looking to render it, and uh, because it doesn't have the memory, it can't render it. Alright, so going back to the article, uh, As part of the same line of question, the board was asked how the game passed certification on the Xbox and PlayStation, which appears to come down to trust from console companies. Quote, in terms of the certification process and the third parties, this is definitely on our side. I can only assume that they trusted that we were going to fix things upon release, and obviously that did not come together exactly how we planned. End quote. In a separate question, the board was asked if the company could have simply released a PC version of the game on December 10th and delayed a console release. Quote, in pure theory, if we had decided that one day before the launch, then yes, we might have released just the PC version. Uh, end quote. He went on. He went into no further detail about whether those discussions took place. However, he went on to say that, uh, make clear that it would have been impossible to release a next gen only version alongside PC. Quote, next-gen consoles have a completely different version of the game, so it's not like we could have decided at any point to recently, quote, flip the switch, end quote, to say, and change the old-gen version into the next-gen version and release only on next-gens. As you may have noticed, there is no date of next-gen release. The game runs on next-gens and takes advantage of the next how the next-gens are performing. It's not like we had a next-gen version in our hands and decided to keep it on the shelf. CG Project Red formally apologized for the below-par version of the game released on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and informed customers that they could apply for refunds after receiving the console version of the game late. Uh, IGN posted a 4 out of 10 review on the base console version, saying it quote, fails to hit even the lowest bar of technical qu- quality once you expect when playing on lower-end hardware. That is the article, Well, here, Here's
2: the thing. This game first appeared in 2012, so we're talking eight years ago. In that time, instead of trying to put it, because the PlayStation and Xbox, you know, the 5 and the X and S just came out this year. That's eight years. So just develop it for the 4 and the 1 and the PC, and don't even worry about next-gen until you...
0: The 5 and, the, they could and, the, and the X. A lot
2: of trouble just by staying on the 1 and the 4.
1: Yes. And, 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 and then release a next-gen version uh, May of next year. All I got to say is, I'm glad I listened to my gut.
2: Well, I mean, like this is a thing. I, I've heard how much like people enjoyed The Witcher and how good those games are, which you can see in the in the scores, the critical reception for those games. But after this, like I've never played any of those games. But after this, like imagine if you're someone in the first game you pick up from CD Projekt Red is, is Cyberpunk, and you're and you have all these technical issues. Are you ever going to trust that developer
1: again? See, I I said that when. Cj and I were recording this I'm glad I held off because if I had to picked this up and it was buggy as I'll get out their next game I may not even give it another look once I hear cG project red hook to it I might be like nope I'm done and it could be the most awesome game of the year and I'm just gonna be like nope don't want to hear about it y'all screwed me once
2: uh yeah, tricky do you have access to the other like uh, the other topics the other parts of this topic or the the new stories or do you need me to go into those
0: no, 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 I, I, I got it. I just wanted to complete all the ones I printed out. All right. So our next story, which I think is the most important part of all this going on. Um, again, this article is coming from IGN and this is written by Jonathan Dornbush. headline reads, which is just enough, uh, for a topic. Sony has removed Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation store, will offer refunds to PlayStation customers who already Bought it, and apparently
2: uh, this article, sorry, Jake, as I'm a reading, job, it. but in, a, in another article we have here, CD Projekt Red actually talked to Sony before Sony did that, so there was discussions between Sony and CD Projekt Red before that game was removed from the store.
0: Well, yeah, I, I was going to get into that because I was going to say the article that we have actually has two updates. I just wanted to go to uh, uh, read a snippet from the original story, and then we're going to go into the updates. Uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment has confirmed it will give players twenty uh, players of Cyberpunk. On the PlayStation 4 or on backwards 5, uh, PS5 backwards co- via backwards compatibility refunds for purchase of the game, but the platform holder is taking steps a step further and actually removing the game from the PlayStation Store for digital purchase, quote, until further notice. In a newly posted re- in a newly posted refund-related page, SIE confirmed its intentions to offer full refunds to all players who purchased Cyberpunk via the PlayStation Store while also committing to delisting the game for the time being. The company's full statement reads, quote, SIE strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. Therefore, we will begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who purchased the game via the PlayStation Store. We will also be removing the game from the PlayStation Store until further notice. Once we have confirmed that that you purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via the PlayStation Store, we will begin processing your refund. Please note that the completion of the refund may vary based on your payment method or financial institution. And then it goes on to say how you could actually uh, request a refund. Then there was one update. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to do this on my phone so give me one second we find the, the first update. Uh, the board update says, the board of CG Project has com- commented on Sony's decision to yank the Cyberpunk from the store noting that the decision was undertaken following our discussion with Sony Interactive Entertainment regarding a full refund for the game for anybody who bought it. I'm paraphrasing there. I didn't actually quote it. All copies of the game previously purchased digitally on the PlayStation Store remain available for use by the respective buyers, confirmed CG Project in the statement. Gamers can still buy the physical versions of the game in retail and mail-order stores. Cyberpunk uh, CG Project also asserted that all digital and physical copies of Cyber... Cyberpunk 2077 will continue to receive support and updates. It makes sense
2: that people who already bought it would have access to it because, you know, if you buy a game and then it gets delisted from the store, you still have access to that game.
0: If you delete the game from your system and you did not, not request a refund, you can download the game as anytime you want, a la PT demo that was delisted from Konami after the whole Kojima situation. If you request a refund Then they'll block you out of it because you've asked for your money back. Then you cannot access the game anymore because essentially they're taking the game back.
2: No, but I was just saying generally as a rule, like if you have a game on your console that you bought, like say you bought Scott Pilgrim before it was delisted, you still had access to that game even if, you know, they took it off the store.
0: Correct. But I, I, I just I want to be clear that anybody that requests a refund don't expect to keep being able to play no, the game. No,
2: exactly. Exactly.
0: Let me be. Let me be a little bit further here, clear here, because I'm not exactly sure how this would work. Let's say you requested a refund from Cyberpunk or from Sony for Cyberpunk, and it's still on your system. What Sony's basically going to do is remove the license so you can't access it. I don't know if you guys have ever game shared. I have but not if To be clear about you. That. D- okay, so let let me. All right, let me do this. Let's say, Alex, I gave you my account okay my account information you put it on the account or on your system and you downloaded assassin's creed valhalla unless my account makes your system my primary account you can still download the game but when you go to access the game it will tell you you don't have access to play this and here's the link to the playstation store so you could buy the license for it so, if you have requested a refund and it's still on your system and you didn't delete it, you're not going to be able to access it. Now, whether or not, if you requested the refund and you deleted the game, are you able to download it again? Again, I don't know, but I would assume that if you are able to download the game, it's just going to lock you out until you have to go buy it from the store again.
2: All right, we should also mention that it is still up on um, Microsoft's counterpart to... Um PlayStation Network, I don't know exactly what it's called. Is it Xbox Live still?
0: Uh, it's the Xbox Store. Now, I sent you guys a picture. Uh, did you guys get the picture earlier yes, that I texted? Yes, yes.
2: So, they have... They, they still... They are. Microsoft is also offering refunds. Uh, but they're not taking the game off the store. They just have a little message that says, This game, players may experience um, issues with gameplay. So, basically, they're telling people, Hey, you might have issues if you buy this game. I can't remember exactly what the... Here, let me... Uh, since I got it in the the text, let me go back and just read it. Um, okay. Uh, users may experience performance issues when playing this ge- this game on Xbox One consoles until this game is updated. So, they let you know that you might have performance issues, but they're also not taking it down, which to be clear, Microsoft had a deal for marketing with product-
0: CD Project Red for this game. Alright, so let me get into the second update to the story. Uh s- CD Projekt Red has vowed to bring Cyberpunk 2077 back to the PlayStation Store as soon as possible in a statement to players. On Twitter, the company released a new public facing statement. I'm just going to read the statement. Uh, It's a little hard to read on my phone, so give me a second. Following our discussion with PlayStation, a decision was made temporarily to suspend digital distribution of Cyberpunk 2077 on the PlayStation Store. You can still buy physical versions of the game in brick-and-mortar stores and online. All purchased digital and physical copies of the game will continue to receive, receive support and updates as we improve our performance, according to our knowledge. Starting today, anyone who is not willing to wait for updates and wants to refund their digital copy of the game can do so. As I s- say earlier in the show, uh, and then it says we are working hard to bring Cyberpunk 2077 back to the PlayStation Store as soon as possible.
2: Man, how much like. For Sony to actually remove it from the the store, like, how many complaints and refund requests must they have? Because they must have gotten to the point where it's like, fuck it, we're not dealing with this anymore. Because, obviously, to take those phone calls and deal with those requests, like, that's, like, a a part of their labor force. They have to vote for that, and, you know, clearly, they were like, we would rather just not deal with this.
0: Well, let me ask you guys a question, because this this brings up a a larger question. Uh, And it's not necessarily related to Cyberpunk. You know... It, we we talked about it earlier uh, in one of the articles. I don't remember which article it is at this point, um, where they said that they questioned how this game made it through certification to the PlayStation Store, and CG Project Red said that it probably passed through certification based on their uh, the trust that you know they're a, a development a good development company and honor their mistakes, but. The question I remain to you is, if a game is broken, as Cyberpunk is right now, do you f- applaud or do you fault Sony for pulling it off the store for people that want to buy it?
2: I mean, honestly, I think I mean people, if they want to buy it, can still go buy the physical copy. I Honestly, I think it's Sony saying we don't want to deal with this because, obviously, it takes labor and effort from them to deal with this problem. And it's just better if, like, honestly, if, if there's problems with that widespread, I think it's better just to take it down and not let people deal with it. Because as, you know, Sony should not have to take that on. They shouldn't have to deal with these issues because, you know, but, you know, partially, like, as, as we mentioned before, there's a level of trust there that, I guess, just let CD Projekt Red put this on there, even when it shouldn't have been on there. But, I mean, in the end, CD Projekt Red is the one that's liable and responsible for this, but Sony trusting CD Projekt Red, I mean, maybe there's just no possible way they can check every game that comes in, and maybe that's why that's a thing. But, I mean, like, I, I don't, like... I don't think Sony's heroic for doing it. I don't think Sony should be like yelled at for doing it. I think they just needed to do it so they didn't have to deal with all these issues, refunds and stuff. Why does Sony want to take that on? It's just something that should have been done. You don't you shouldn't be applauded for it because I don't think it's it's necessarily for gamers. I think it's for Sony so they don't have to deal with the headache.
0: I, I see, and the only reason I'm asking that is because uh if you're playing Cyberpunk right now on a Series S or X or a PlayStation 5, it's running fine. I mean, it's not... It obviously, it still has its bugs and stuff like that, but it's not having the issues that the base de- last-gen systems are having. So, just, if I was interested in playing Cyberpunk, and I buy all my games digitally, I now don't have a way to buy the game that I in the way that I want, and I have a system that c- could run it. That's why I'm posing the question. Was like, is Sony going too far by actually removing it from the store just because they don't want to deal with the the headache of everybody calling in and no, complaining. No, here's,
2: because here's the, here's the thing. You still have access to go buy the disc copy of the game. I'm sorry that it's not a yes. perfect ideal situation where you can have the exact copy of a game that you want. But goddamn, there are people starving in the world. There are people who don't have adequate drinking water. You having to go buy a physical copy of a game is no reason for a fucking complaint. Suck it up, bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all
2: right.
1: Whoa! He told you
2: if someone wants to complain about that well I can't get the digital copy I'm just I'm just done with Sony or you know I'm so just put out by having to go
1: buy a physical copy shut the fuck up
0: <laughs> that's how you really feel
1: yeah I, I, how, I, how do you really feel, feel on this <laughs> subject Alex no go ahead
0: no 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 I I was posing that to you and then Alex kind of jumped did so, so
1: in. <laughs> I no I don't it, it for someone like you Tricky who probably bought the digital version of the five it, it, it sucks, but the I don't blame Sony for pulling it down because obviously this this just isn't gamers being dumb gamers or crybaby gamers as as Donny likes to say and just throwing a fit because they can throw a fit. Obviously the game has got major issues. Obviously Sony got a boatload of requests for refunds or complaints about being sold a broken game that. They're just like, you know what? It's not working. And probably a vast majority of the purchases were current gen or were base last gen consoles. So it's. To me, it makes more business sense for Sony to pull it off the store and CG Project Red. Hey, when you get it fixed, we'll put it back on the store until you get it fixed it's coming off the store.
2: And this is why it makes more sense for CD Projekt Red to have focused on the on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox 1 because that's yes. the bigger install base is and that's where you're going to sell more copies. You know, obviously PC is a huge user base too, but focusing on the 5 and you know the or the um the, the newer console releases instead of, you know, making sure everything was good with the 4 and the the 1 like Focus on the 4 and the 1, because that's where most of your money is going to be made as far as
1: the consoles go. Well, and, and especially since they admitted that the 5 and the 1 are working on the 4 ver- four and – sorry, the 5 and the X version. It is it,
0: very confusing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the game is running on the 4 and the 1 version. It's just being up it, – it's being up you, you You admitted that in an article – Why would you focus on those versions? You focus on the base version. If the base version works, it's going to run even better on the 5 version. It's like you did it ass backwards.
2: And for for anyone who listened to my rant earlier and is like, well, Alex, on the PlayStation 5 digital version, I can't buy a disc-based copy. Then you can wait. Because you waited for this game for eight years (laughs) and waiting another three to six months,
0: even after all the delays, you can wait to buy the game. Preach. All right. uh, Let let me just. uh, Let's go to another article that I actually skipped over and didn't. uh, I I wanted to do before we got into all this. Uh, This article is coming from IGN again and Adam Bankhurst. Uh, And now, this is a problem for all players of Cyberpunk. Those playing Cyberpunk should be aware that the save files get above 8 megabytes, they may become permanently corrupt. And unstable, bullcrap. Fix it. Redditor Matt, Magic Taco Sauce posted a PSA alerting others to the issue, and on GOG.com, which is owned by Cyberpunk developer that CZPAG, that
2: that's good old games.
0: Ah, uh, <laughs> is that? I actually didn't know that stood For that, so thank games. you. Uh, he offered a, re- offered a response uh, that's not overly promising. Quote. Unfortunately, the save is damaged and can't be recovered, the statement reads. Please use an older save file to continue playing and, and try to keep a lower amount of items and crafted materials. If you have used the item duplication glitch, please load a, a save file not affected by it. The save file limit patch may be increased in future patches, but the corrupted files will remain that way. GOG.com saying that, quote... Might be increased in future badges May not be the best news, but those who love to collect everything and wish to craft a ton. Uh, another moder- uh, another redditor uh, shared w- ways people can check their files. Uh, I'm not going to go through all that because if you know your system, you know well, how to here, check your files. We just say
2: like on the on the four and the five because people may not know this. On the PlayStation Four, you go to Settings, Applications, Save Data Management, Save Data and System Storage, and Cyberpunk 2077. On the five, you go to Settings. Storage, uh, in bracket storage device, save data. PS Four ga- slash PS Five games, and then Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Which, and by the way, they say they may increase the you know the um they may fix this in the future, but they may they may not.
1: They better. I mean, th- th- that's like a major bug corrupting your save file.
0: Uh, the article goes on to say this. While this may not impact everyone, it's something to keep keeping an eye on. And also, it's noted that uh, as we talked about the hot fix one point zero five that was just released, it did not cover this issue.
1: Well, that's probably lesser on their uh, gotta fix list of things to do. uh I, I'm yeah, looking yeah, I through the list right there's now. No
2: possible way for your safe file to get to eight megabytes if. Uh people can't play your game
1: if you can't play the game
0: all right I, I believe this is the last article we have I'm just trying to look through yes this is the last article we have before uh we get into our reader questions. And I believe
2: that this is the the this actual article I know you read on IGN tricky but that it was based on a uh, Bloomberg article by our good friend uh well we don't really know him but we've talked about him on the show recently former Kotaku uh editor Jason Schreier.
0: I wish I would known that because I would not have put this in the agenda. Because that guy's a douchebag. But,
2: uh, but it's, it, like we should say this, it's an important topic to cover because one of the big discussions with this whole thing, this whole kerfluffle with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077, is how uh, who's to blame. And like both, like a lot of people seem understanding and you know sympathetic towards the developers of the actual game who spent eight years working on this game, underwent crunch for the longest time versus the management who are making the decisions, you know, if you're a developer, you know, you're working on the game, you may not have ultimate say, you probably don't have ultimate say in what happens to a game or when it releases, that's more on leadership, so a lot of people have talked about how this makes, you know, the developers look as they're, you know, they're kind of lumped in there with leadership, as like CD Project Red as a whole, and Cyberpunk 2077 is kind of getting raked in the mud right now, and not necessarily fairly for the developers, because they don't necessarily deserve that.
0: All right, so Alice is kind of giving his opinion yet, but let's well, get no, into no, I'm the just actual say topic. Why it's important
2: to actually <laughs> talk about this, whether you like
0: Jason <laughs> or not? No, no, I, no, no. I get, I get it. Uh, the article again is, like I said, is coming from my which is uh, as reported by Bloomberg, as Alice has pointed out. A cyberpunk 27.7 developers reportedly confront leadership. Over crunch and launch issues again. I'm going to read the article. Go give it a, a, a click and go give the Bloomberg article a click. But this particular article is written by Adam Bankhurst. CG Project Red developers have worked on Cyberpunk 2077 and allegedly confronted the leadership team over issues that include crunch and the game's rocky launch. All right, as reported by Bloomberg, uh, this article is coming from Adam Bankhurst. Are written by Adam Bankhurst, but go give them both a click. CG Project Red developers have worked on Cyberpunk 2077, had allegedly confronted the leadership team over issues that include Crunch and the game's rocky launch. As reported by Bloomberg, frustrated and angry staff questioned CD Projekt Red management during a recent internal video meeting and asked questions related to unrealistic deadlines, the mandatory Crunch, and much more. This meeting took place before Sony's announcement that it would not only be offered refunds for those unhappy with the performance, but that it would also be removing it from the store indefinitely. When asked about the crunch, the director said that they were planning on improving production practices that didn't go into detail on the steps that would make it happen. Also brought up was CG Project Red's comments back in January 2020 that Cyberpunk 2077 was, quote, complete and playable, end quote, despite the game's delay, and that the board answered it, that, uh, the board answered that, quote, it would take responsibility, end quote. Another developer asked the C.D. project directors felt it was hypocritical to make a game about corporate exploration while expecting that the employees work overtime. The response was vague and noncommittal. While C.D. Reds' personal reviews were positive, the narrative quickly changed when the console versions were tested specifically on the blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. All right, so you guys go handle that. I got to make okay, a phone I call. I do want to
2: read from the Bloomberg, Bloomberg article directly the final uh, paragraph again by Jason Schreier. Many industry observers have wondered why Cyberpunk 2077, which was first announced in 2012, was delayed three times in 2020, still appears to be unfinished. Several current and former staff who worked on Cyberpunk 2077 have all said the same thing. The game's deadlines set by the board of directors were unrealistic. It was clear to many of the developers that they needed more time. So, and I, I think it's a good point to, you know, one of the developers saying, uh, quote, um, when they, uh, another developer asked whether CD Projekt Red's directors felt it was hypocritical to make a game about corporate exploit- exploitation while expecting their employees to work overtime. Um, yeah, so this is, this is just kind of highlights the fact that CD Projekt Red's developers, as hard as they worked on the game, you know, maybe their opinions weren't taken into consideration, um, when it comes to the launch of the game because clearly, you know, when it was said the game was complete and playable in January 2020, the developers said clearly not. So, and I and you know if you actually play tested Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which they admit they didn't do as well as they should have, clearly they would have seen these issues. It's not like it's not like you know they would have the game oh, was yeah. played smoothly with how many people are saying this this game is and like even IGN gave it a poor review because of that. So uh, clearly they uh, it was just misleading all around. They were trying to mislead de- like um, they were trying to mislead gamers, you know, the the audience who would want to buy it. They were misleading investors by telling people the game was complete and playable. So, I mean, it's CD Projekt Red's leadership all around, like, hopefully they uh, they get what they deserve and, you know, somebody gets fired or, you know, because, like, CD Projekt Red as a whole, like, their reputation has taken a big hit for this.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that most gamers out there, most seasoned gamers out there realize that that this was clearly a managerial issue and not necessarily a developer issue. Right? Because issue. They, I
2: mean, they we've seen see Project Red can develop games. They've made some high quality games before. You know, some like Witcher Three, Wild Hunt. Everyone talks about. You know, that was in conversation for Game of the Year. If game it, of the if Year didn't win it. Yeah. And people always tell me you should play that game because it's great. So clearly, the people that work there can make games. There was just mismanagement by the people in leadership.
1: Um. And and if you're a gamer listening to this. Episode and you are giving the devs what for. Make sure that you give the management of the devs what for <laughs> because as more articles are coming out, it's obvious that the devs were even like, Hey, yo, what are you doing? This isn't ready. And management's like, nope, out the door it goes. So, uh, make sure you direct your hate where the hate needs to go. Um, but I, they released a broken game. I feel bad for them because I mean the, the I feel bad for those who worked on the game because you put eight years of your life into this game. I was hyped for it when it was announced, and this this is the kind of launch that can kill a studio.
2: I mean a lot of, a lot of people have commented, and you know Joe Priestley has made some threads in the GameStop um, uh, group on Facebook. Saying you know, and like people have, uh, there was discussion in there. Is like if this would kill CD Projekt Red, and you know, so a lot of people out there are seemingly like, hey, you know, this isn't going to kill CD Projekt Red. They'll come. They'll they'll fix everything. They'll be fine. Hey, I think a lot of people. If hell, go ahead. I
1: was, I was like, if Hello Games can survive No Man's Sky, and I was absolutely worried that that was going to kill that company when it didn't live up to expectations. CG Project Red will weather this storm.
2: Well, we can certainly we can certainly hope so for the people that work there.
1: Yeah, but but they gotta make it right. Just like Hello Game, just like Hello Games, kept working on it and finally made No Man's Sky where they wanted it at launch. CD CD Project Red needs to make the base version of Cyberpunk 2077 work and. People will still praise them. They'll be apprehensive, but at least you kept working on it. You just didn't throw your arms up and go, "Well, there ain't nothing we can do about it. We got your money."
2: So in the video game industry, because there is so much money at play, and you know, like million, like tens of millions, sometimes hundreds of million dollars put into these projects, it's it is not. A f- like, it is feasible to say that a bad game or a disappointing game or something that doesn't meet expectations can kill a studio. Now, a lot of times, you know, we saw yes. Disney kill off its entire game, video game development studio uh, years ago. Huge even mistake. Even though they put out good games. We saw, yes, you know, we've seen like Raven Software and other studios under the uh, umbrella of Activision go under, you know, just because, you know, if, if financials aren't there or there's a swing in financials and, you know, there are money issues. Well, they got to close. They got to do something. You know, maybe they overpurchased and they've got to just get rid of some studios, cut down on employees, that kind of stuff. The thing that about CG Project Red that is maybe this, they're an independent developer. They're not part of another studio. They're not, they don't have uh, a parent company, which to me, with a parent company, you know, and you have, you know, funding that is decided by another group of people, leadership, you know, of that company, then yes, you could potentially be in danger. Whereas if CG Project Red still has the funding, they, you know, they they can continue on because only CD Project Red can decide if they're going to close. But I think that you can't understate how much their stock has dropped and not just their stock, but the reputation and like the view of that company as more and more stuff comes out. While it may be unfair to the developers, you know, for people to mudsling at CD Project Red, you know, it kind of, you know, you live and die as a company. It's like a, it's like a football team, like if that studio goes down it's not like oh well these people can still keep their job like it, it's like the studio lives and dies altogether uh, i mean you would you know if there was some mismanagement there or you know some oversight by gross negligence by leadership and they can just say hey we're going to you know as a studio we need to move forward and this person or these people they they didn't do their jobs we need to get rid of them and fix internal issues within the company that's great but you know don't understate the kind of damage that this has done not only financially, but also to the reputation of CD Projekt Red. Like I said, they're not part of a larger company, so that will help them, because again, only they can decide if they close down, but just saying oh yeah, they'll be fine, like you know, video game is big business, and also when you miss it's it's very detrimental, so don't just be like shrug it off and say, yeah, they'll be fine. Like, there's more to it than
0: that. Oh yeah. So, well the, so, the, oh, hold on, You Go ahead. I want to, po- to point out something. Um, there, there was another report. I didn't find the article for it when I was trying to find the agenda. But there was a report stating that the developers were pissed off because the management felt like they had to get this game out before 2021. And if they delayed it again, it wouldn't hit their financial goals. So that's also another thing to consider in, in the anger of why this game was pushed out the way it was.
1: Well, ultimately, it's always about money. So, anyway, I was going to say, so, CJ made a very ironic comparison. No Man's Sky was toasted for the lack of content.
2: But that that is different from having a game that has content but is not playable.
1: Well, and it, but that was the ironic comparison. And then, now you've got Cyberpunk 2077 that's got so much content...
0: It don't work. I uh, overall, I when it, when I look at this, and you know, I I don't want to be the guy that says you know I told you so or anything like that. But I just had this feeling that I posted this on uh, one of the Facebook groups. I don't remember. I just felt like this game was going to come out and disappoint a lot of people. I didn't think it was going to be like this. But I just thought it was going to be overhyped. That too. I mean that that I mean to be honest, that's what I meant when I said that this is going to disappoint a lot of people. Well, I didn't think it was going to have this many problems. Game,
2: for a lot of people, we don't know if the game is going to disappoint because there may be an underlying game there that people really enjoy, and a story, and characters, and a world that they can really like just jump into. But with all the technical issues, people can't actually get to the game. I understand technical issues are part of the game because of the code, but you can, you know, fix those. And like, once the technical issues are hopefully gone, like there's still the game there. So I don't know, like the technical issues and the bugs and the limitations, like that's where the disappointment is. I don't think it's within the game itself, because the game's clearly not finished.
0: I don't think it's the game itself, because I'm not hearing any stories of somebody saying the game is bad as far as the gameplay of the story. I'm just the only stories I'm hearing about the game being bad is that it just doesn't work and it's unplayable. That, but I, I don't know, like. Ugh. I was never really hyped for this game, and obviously, I don't want to see any any developer or publisher, you know, suffer this much. But the, as Alex uh, and Yield have pointed out many times in the show, this is just, it, it, to me, it seems like a, a very big lapse in judgment and management, and some management issues, uh, some management personnel should definitely feel the wrath of this. Like, this is not okay. The, you can't, uh, you, Alex, you. You texted me a picture in their in our little group chat that said that uh, they've lost over one billion dollars. One point eight. Due to, to these
2: one point eight billion in valuation based on their stock plummet.
1: Billion dollars.
0: That's a shitload of money to lose on a launch of a game that's been in development for eight years.
1: Hey, they also made all their money with all the pre-orders.
0: Yeah, it doesn't help if your game refunds. Yeah, but now how is? My- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much, how much money do they still have left after that? Well, that'll
1: be another article for first of the year.
0: <laughs> All right, so I, I think we kind uh, of—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say we've beaten the dead horse, but uh, I think we've gotten to the point where we, we have made you here. informed.
1: Yes, we have made you informed.
0: All right, so let's get into our reader questions. Alright, so I'm going... <laughs> you do like that? I, I love that. Alright. Uh, I, I posted a question in our Facebook group uh, for questions from uh, for to answer, and Levi pointed out that he asked a question earlier in the week with, uh, outside of the thread, so we're going to jump to that first. Alright, so Levi said, question for the next episode. Is releasing video games with major issues then fixing the issues with patches later going to become the new norm in the industry? And would this model come back to haunt developers when fans discontinue pre-ordering? Me, personally, I'm done with pre-orders for a while. Uh, Some responses to this. Matt uh, Grandelli responded by saying, become. It's been the norm since network-enabled consoles became a thing. Consumers just don't have the energy to fight it. Joseph Joseph Priestley agreed with it. Levi responded by saying, isn't that a shame? Matt says, it really is a double-edged sword. In the past, the game you bought is the game you got. If it was broken, it was broken forever. Now, if it's broken, devs have a chance to fix it. Sometimes devs make a great game even better, see Ghost of Tsushima or even Fortnite. Unfortunately, this also gives developers the opportunity to push out a game that needs more time in the oven. It does feel that we get more of the latter, but being able to finish to fish game-breaking bugs, the way they destroy the game saves and the way they will play, seems to be a decent trade-off. Levi responded by saying, very good points you make. And then your brother, uh, Homer, uh, left a comment saying, better question. Uh, actually, let's let's answer that first and we'll go into Homer's question. Okay.
1: So I'm going to say that I don't think this will become a norm, uh, at least not to this extent. Um, one, because of all the heat they're getting too majorly because Sony pulled the game off the store because they're getting a crap ton of refunds and they're actually offering refunds back to people because their game's so borked. Um, I I feel that, I mean, it, it's still going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen as much into the future because people are going to see this. And if there's kind of that backlash again, Sony won't hesitate to yank it off the store. So I think they'll be more thorough in checking the boxes and making sure that uh, the next time at, the, at a console change, we'll say, you know, the PS6 and whatever Xbox wants letter they tack on their console, um, that we're going to make sure that we check and make sure both versions work. Now, as we move into the current gen, into the 5 and the X, That this won't necessarily be a problem. You'll still have your broken game that you had, like we had with the four, or when we were with the three and the two, and yada yada. Well, maybe not back to the two because network accessibility, but you're you're still going to get a game that's not quite right that they're going to release a day one patch for, and so on and so forth. I don't think that will go away, but a game this broken. I don't think you're going to come across that as often. Uh, we've been asking this question for
2: so many years now, and it's been a long time that I think that I, I have the same reaction as Matt G. I I think that we've been existing in this world where there are developers. It's not every game. It's not 75% of games, but there are developers who are out there who have the mindset that if we don't hit our financial goals, we, we're in trouble. So in order to hit our goals, let's put this game out there, even though it doesn't work as it should, and we'll fix it along the way. So, I mean, Matt makes a lot of really good points, and I think, for me, he kind of answered for me, as far as Levi's question goes, it's a really good question, Levi, but I think Matt kind of covered it. So, we've been existing in this world where that is acceptable to developers for a long time. Maybe not like someone like Nintendo, generally they don't have these big issues, but we've been asking ourselves this question for years now, maybe close to a decade.
0: Well, let me ask you guys this, uh, and just off the question... Uh, or maybe a little off topic, but what was the last time you put in a game? Uh now I know you guys don't buy games, you know, day one often. But what was the last time you put a game in day one, and there was not a patch?
1: Was there one for Fallen Jedi or Fallen Order? I believe there was. Was there? You know, I, I, you know, honestly, I to answer that question, I, I can't give you a yes or no answer because it's so common anymore; it's expected.
0: Right, which is the which is kind of leading into Levi's question is like uh, uh, not to say that games are broken when they come out and that's why they require day one patches. Most day one patches are just you know fix this or fix that, you know, minor b- b- fixes this. bugs that
1: they caught after it went to certification. Right. Isn't and that, isn't that how it was explained to us by either Jeff Hanna or an article that we read.
0: Yeah, it was. Re- it, it was actually explained by Jeff. Yeah, But my my point, you know, my question, my answer to Levi is, is this the new norm? I, I he it's, your question's kind of are vague, Levi, when you're saying, is releasing video games with major issues, then fixing the issues with patches later on going to become the new norm? Now, your question about video games with major issues, I'm not going to say it's going to be the new norm, but should you continuously expect day one patches for games? Absolutely. That's that that's probably never well, going to stop. The second
2: question is uh, would this model come back to haunt developers when the fans uh, discontinue pre-ordering? I mean, he talked about he's no longer pre-ordering at least for for the time being, but I mean, look how much shit people give Bethesda. It's a running joke that Bethesda releases broken games. So, broken yeah, every game so, is broken. I mean, there's already a lot of distrust with developers. And this, yeah, do I think this will haunt CD Projekt Red and other people who do this kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think people will remember absolutely. that. And I think, like I said, if this is your first CD Projekt Red game, you're going to you're gonna reconsider. You're going to double, you're going to think twice before you buy the next one. Until at least, you know, people have bought it and you've got a few weeks for everything to marinate. And then, you know, no one reports any, like, major, major game-breaking issues. Or at least there's not a title swell of those. Um, and then homers, homers other question, because, sorry, Tricky, I'm trying to move this along, because...
0: Well, no. That I was actually about. To, I was about to ask that right now. Uh, Homer's question is better. Question is: Do we still feel that the sixty to seventy dollar price tag for new launches is still justifiable
2: for a game that's not this broken? Sure, I think that. I think yeah. that if you know Sony wanted to release, say, Horizon Zero Dawn uh, or Horizon Two: Forbidden West, if they wanted to release that for seventy dollars and it works great, and I could just play it and not have to contact the company about getting refund, sure, that's justified. But this game right here is not uh, a justified yeah, I, game. You I, I'm paid seventy dollars for, or even sixty dollars for, you shouldn't. They sh- it shouldn't have been released. So there's no justification for paying for it at this point.
0: And you're uh, you're agreeing, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I, I I'm agree with what Alex said. Well, except for the if the, the 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 last gen version of those games. No, not seventy bucks. But we're if we're talking five and up versions. Yeah, I I, I ain't got an argument with that.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with it as well. All right, so back to the original question. Uh, Homer starts us off by saying, what are your guys' favorite must-watch Christmas specials every year? I'm just going to uh, start it off by saying the only Christmas special that I watch every year is the greatest Christmas movie ever made, Die Hard.
2: I mean, there's 24 hours of, 24 <laughs> hours of a Christmas argument. story. That's a pretty usual thing. Like My dad always has that on when we go over there to open presents and stuff. Uh, the Garfield Christmas special, which Homer was watching today,
1: Great! One of my
2: favorite ones to watch. So I mean, honestly, I watch during Halloween. I get more in a mood to watch scary movies than I do in Christmas to watch Christmassy movies. But um, I I
1: really, really want to watch the Garfield movie now,
2: or the Garfield Christmas special, I should say.
1: So uh, at Christmas, I watch the traditional Rudolph Frosty. I watch Garfield's Christmas special. I watch the claymation Christmas special, which is. Awesome. I watch, of course, uh Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, I added into my repertoire um, uh, Prep and Landing, Disney and Pixar's Prep and Landing, and uh, Prep and Landing Naughty and Nice. So I- I'm more of the cartoon guy, and that's kind of what I go through every holiday season. Got to watch them. If you don't watch them until, if you try to watch them after Christmas, it's, it, you missed your chance. You got to do it
0: before Christmas. Homer well, goes on to say, what are your new guys' New Year's gaming resolutions? don't
2: have one. Continue to play games as I want to play, regardless of trophies.
1: Uh, same as as this year. I'm going to work on my backlog. I'm not going to be able to beat the platinum count for this year, what I got this year, next year. Unless I get quarantined again. But um, no, just work on my backlog. And... And keep moving
0: forward. Mine is to get another h- another hundred platinums. Uh, well, that's possible uh, Robert, with the rat platinum you do. I haven't read. Well, no, I was going to say I haven't played a rat game in a while, but I did because I I finished off uh one night stand. There's
2: always one waiting in the wings.
0: I I say I, I, I take that back because I also got my name with Mayo oh, too.
1: Ah, no, uh, Robert- <laughs> the list grows.
0: Robert Workman says big hit game for 2021. I think that's a hard question, because I don't think we have anything officially confirmed for 2021, do we? Horizon uh
1: oh, Horizon
0: 2
2: game? Oh um Returnals coming out in March, I think. So that's one that's
1: confirmed. That's true. You know, I was I was thinking about this the other day about you know, normally this time there there's a few games on your radar that you're like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to that next year." The only one that just popped into my head was I'm looking forward to the the complete Star Wars saga from Lego got pushed into next year.
0: There you go. That that's that's going to be my answer.
1: Um I, I, honestly, I don't I think Horizons coming out. So, that would be right now. That would be my Big game that I'm looking forward uh, you know to. What? I'm going to say whatever, whatever collection they
2: release for the Zelda 35th anniversary next February is going to be the biggest game of the year.
1: Oh, is that is that the is it 35 yeah. years since so, the original like Zelda? Like they did with the Mario 3D yep. All
2: Stars collection, they're most likely going to do something similar with Zelda next year.
0: Wow, uh, I'm old. I think Horizon is going to get pushed to 2022 twenty twenty two. Honestly.
1: Really? You don't think it'll be ready? Did we get an official date, or was it just 2021?
0: We just got early 20, 2021, but I think it's going to get delayed to 2022. Well, after Cyberpunk, you don't blame him. Alright, and JT uh, asked a troll question, says, how many wankers does it w- take to wink a nation? Depends on the size well, of hey, your nation. Do
2: you read your responses. <clears> Psh! <throat> <tree? clears throat>
0: I'm not reading responses because I'm not getting political okay, with this. Okay, well, I'm, I'm I, okay. Read I it responded. This. I thought it was hilarious. I I responded to him. I thought it responded to him. I said, "Start the winking and let us know." And then JT responded by saying, "The answer is one, and it's Trump." I don't know which one of you guys is clapping. That would be Alex. Um, there are your questions.
2: If you're looking for additional ways to support us, you can always stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash proven Gamer. No matter what tier you decide to support us at, know that it helps pay the bills and is greatly appreciated. And it's the only way to get the newest podcast, Tricky Thoughts, where Tricky sits down and discusses current events, social issues, and much more.
0: All right, I haven't been recording any Tricky Thoughts lately just because of the pandemic and work and everything, but I'm going to get back into that. Uh, but with that being said, let's close out the show with some shout-outs. woo Alex Sardis Officer. Give
2: a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is trophy horse. Thank you all for continuing to support the show. Because of you guys, we're expanding upward and outward, uh, getting on new platforms. We are expanding our reach as far as listenership, so you guys are making that happen. You're continuing to support the show after 10-plus years. Uh, we can never thank you enough. Um, but here on the show every week, I got to give you got to give you a little thank you because I got I got to try to at least show you some of the appreciation that we hold for you guys. Give a shout out to, to Tricky Anti Yield for recording tonight and diving deeper into the C Project Red thing, which is all anybody seems to want to talk about recently. Um, and I, that was the only news stories all week. Huge news stories, so I mean, like, how often do you see something like this come along? And last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my uh, loving, awesome girlfriend Ashley. Uh, moving into the the holiday season, uh, last week for last week was my birthday. We did all kinds of stuff, just going around, driving around, looking at, at holiday decorations. Uh, and we went to um, a walking tour through one of our local parks. They did a, a kind of a light setup show there, so that was a lot of fun. Ashley kind of took me that to, for my birthday. And as as just kind of we move into our our next Christmas together, uh, the fourth no. The third, yeah, the third Christmas together. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Ashley.
1: Yield. So, I would like to, to give a shout-out to the Pimps and the Maddox of the Horedom. Thank you for downloading, listening, interacting, helping us ex, uh, expand the reach of this little podcast that we none of us probably figured we would still be doing ten years later. Um, Shout-out to Tricky and Alex for showing up to record tonight. Tricky being the trooper that he is recording from work, I know it's a pain. I, 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 I feel your...
2: He stopped playing video games long enough to record.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm being sarcastic about all of this. Um... Whew. I don't know if I gave it last week, but I'm going to give a shout-out to my niece, who was able to get her, um... one weekend of her Nutcracker Ballet in. And I, I know she worked hard on that, so a shout-out to her. Um... Shout out to CJ and the Push to Plat community. Uh, I recorded, uh, well, it would be Friday, and it is the last episode of 2020. So I hope you all enjoy it if you listen to it. Um, and lastly, hopefully I get it out before I sneeze. Um, I'm not going Achoo. to. maybe. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. I want to give a shout out or not a shout out. I want to give a uh, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Thank you. Hope you all have a great Christmas. Enjoy it. Um, I will be off next week because I got Christmas to do. So I will see you for the last podcast of 2020.
0: Wait, wait. you will see us or you have seen, we have seen
1: you. No, you will see me on the last podcast for 2020. We are going to record it. no, No, we're recording on the third. So no, you will not see me till next year. You're not recording. Or hear me till next year. No, I just said I got Christmas to do. Ah, screw that. Well, we were supposed to do it this weekend and they pushed it the next weekend. So now that means I'm not here I'm here this week but not next week.
0: All right, and I want to give a shout-out to Delicious. Thank you very much. Uh, Shout-out to Alex for recording a big motherfucking twerp you to yield for not warning me. He knows what that's about.
1: (laughs) Oh, Alex, he finally started watching Mandalorian.
0: Oh, well, sir. Wait, you're already into season two? I I finished it last night.
1: So, so, so let me tell you. I I, got to tell you, dude, that even gave me the heebie-jeebies. (laughs) <laughs> I ain't lying. I texted my buddy at work and I went, dude, that even made me cringe
0: Ugh. dude i right. i'm I'm gonna try to say this without really spoiling anything because obviously uh the listeners know this is evolving spiders of some sort giant just just when you thought it was over and that mofo drops on the ship <laughs> but they knee jump oh. My God Alright, let's go. Uh with that being said, if there's nothing else, Bye. Right, until next week. Happy Twelve hiding